Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. Welcome back, Mike. Hey, thank you. Uh, sorry, I'm feeling a little sing-songy because uh, two, two of our episodes are musicals today. They they were. They were. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and out of nowhere, too. This show is not known for being like overtly musical. Hey, it does I have... I, I have praised, praised the music in it before. I, I really like the the sounds they use and how they drop them but man they've never done a musical episode and to be frank with everyone i wish they never had and never do again <laughs> yeah it kind of almost like was giving me like phineas and ferb vibes just not as good so you know. <laughs> but before we get too far into that happy 32nd anniversary to the 1990 movie yeah when we're while we're recording this today is the 32nd anniversary for that movie it'll be a week past that next week when this comes out but yeah but yeah, just a little behind the scenes we record these a week early so yeah <laughs> do y'all do anything uh, special for the occasion uh i've recorded this podcast with uh two buddies of mine uh oh. where we talk about ninja turtles every week you know awesome and yeah yeah how'd that go uh i'll let you know in about an hour or so oh perfect perfect <laughs> in a power hour and uh in a, in a, hopefully it is a power hour uh, <laughs> um but yeah, no, I mean, it's 32 years. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Really. And then just fun coincidence, uh, today was also the grand return of Venus to the Ninja Turtles franchise in yeah. issue 127. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, we will talk a little bit about at the end, but not too much. So you might, we'll, but we're saving that for the end of the episode. Should we get like a big bell or like some sort of foghorn to alert people that like this is when we're talking about Venus? Uh, I mean, Spoilers I'm sure, ahead. I'm you know? sure there's some kind of Ninja Turtle sound that we can throw in there. <laughs> in fact, actually, the this episode is full of a sound effect that we can definitely use as a warning sound. <laughs> yeah, so, so what did we do this week? Uh, this week we covered episodes... 10, 11, and 12 of the of season four of the 1987 series. So let's name that tune Menace Maestro, please, and Superhero for a Day. Like I said, two musical, two out of three musical episodes. Really, just some territory we've never really had in 87 before. But uh, let, me, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So name that tune, original air date, September 21st, 1990, a Susan Stewart-Taggart joint. 
Uh, the turtles are watching a spy movie when the television subtly shows Krang, who is transmitting a message from Dimension X. He declares that unless they provide enough power to return the Technodrome, he will vaporize a one square mile of New York until he gets that power. It turns out that Krang's confidence is based on an alien computer that Shredder had found off screen, which he has been cannibalizing for parts. Shredder orders Rocksteady and Bebop to dispose of the leftover parts, including a motherboard that just happens to look like a musical keyboard. They decide to dispose of the parts by throwing them into a portal to Earth because the dumpster on the Technodrome is too full. Meanwhile, Irma has brought along her new friend, Howie Hardy, and introduce him to April. He just happens to be a musician slash songwriter. Donatello detecting something has come through a portal. The turtles rush off to investigate. But just then, the motherboard comes through the portal into a secondhand pawn store where Howie is shopping for a new piano. The turtles arrive just afterwards to try and buy the whatchamacallit, but it turns out the whatchamacallit has already been sold to Howie and Irma. Krang's new device, the dematerializer, is set off, and just as the turtles are walking under it, two seconds from their de uh, destination, Howie's music suddenly starts playing deafeningly loudly under the Technodrome, and the countdown stops. Krang is convinced that the turtles did something to his machine and sends Shredder to Earth with a device that will track down the source of the disruptive music. April calls the turtles and Donatello's and with Donatello's help fixes the whatchamacallit, which he quickly deduces to be the mysterious object that they're searching for. However, they don't realize that Shredder is following them to Howie's loft where all of this has taken place. Bebop and Rocksteady fall through the skylight and a fight breaks out while Howie sings and narrates the action. Krang has since reactivated his dematerializer ray, meaning that they have fewer than 20 minutes to find it and get rid of it. Leonardo manages to get the motherboard away from Rocksteady, and April and Irma and Howie rush it down to the news van downstairs to take it to Channel 6 where they can broadcast the beam. Donatello and Michelangelo start tracking the dematerializer while Leo and Raph set out to keep the motherboard out of Shredder's hands. Donatello finds it and with only three minutes left on the counter, April has hardwired the motherboard into the Channel 6 transmitting equipment and Shredder and his mutants run in but are stopped by Raph and Leo. The music starts broadcasting loudly throughout the entire city and the dematerializer stops with only seconds to spare. The Technodrome's computers start malfunctioning and Shredder and his mutants come through just in time. Krang shouting, stop, stop the computer, and they smash it. The turtles buy Howie a new keyboard, having used some parts from the motherboard, and it mysteriously starts playing music by itself. Oh, no. Just, just riveting. Bold, bold television. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. I like this episode a lot. <laughs> all right let me tell you the story next up we have menace maestro please this is season four episode 11 written by martin pasco originally aired september 24th 1990 the old floxy theater is being renovated and april has invited the turtles there because it's haunted or something by some sort of phantom of the opera type character howie from the last episode is trying to computerize the theater's organ along with his assistant eric but the organ keeps shooting out laser beams. Uh, in Dimension X, Krang has a new energy accumulator, just the thing to suck up all the laser beams this pipe organ is shooting out and power the Technodrome. He sends Shredder, Bebop, and Roxy to Earth with, with the device. 
Shredder puts on a disguise to look like the Phantom of the Floxy Theater. Shredder attacks some workers and then escapes into the catacombs below the theater. Donatello uses a new tracker to lock onto the shape of the Phantom's mask, and they try to track him, but they wind up in the costume room instead. Uh, there, Bebop and Rocksteady are assembling the energy accumulator. Shredder shows up, and the turtles think he's the Phantom, but then another Phantom shows up. Bebop and Rocksteady call Shredder boss, so they know that Shredder's one of the Phantoms, but they don't know who the other guy is. Uh, the Phantom and Shredder get in a fight and then run off in separate directions. The turtles chase the Phantom, but they don't know is Shredder, but he slips through their fingers, like literally, like he, he turns incorporeal and floats above them. Turns out he's Eric, uh, how he's assisted from earlier in disguise. But also, he's a shape-shifting alien named Urk that crash-landed here 100 years ago. And the organ is actually his spaceship, but how he did something when he was trying to digitize it to mess it up, and now he can't return home. Urk reveals himself to Howie, who knows what he did to mess up the ship. The turtles agree to help out Urk, and he uses his shape-shifting powers to help the turtles defeat Shredder and rescue April and Irma. The day is saved, and Urk returns to the stars after Howie helps him repair his ship. The end. Riveting. Mm. <laughs> Definitely bold. Bold in Music- a way. Musically inclined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much shorter episode when you take out all the, all the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, why would be. you? Uh, I have my reasons. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get to that, let me tell you a story. My episode, Superhero for a Day, number 12, was released on it November 24th of 1990 and was written by Francis Moss and Ted Peterson. The Turtles are featured on the news for saving the day once again. Watching and being envious of them is a retired hero, Gadget Man. He decides he's going to show everyone what a real superhero is like, so he dons his old costume and calls for a news interview. He has one with April, uh, where we get to see that uh, he is really past his prime. Uh, He's kind of a a klutz now and is not uh, the spry, nimble uh, superhero he once was. Meanwhile, watching this interview... Are any of us, really? uh, I mean, no. (laughs) No. Watching this interview is Bebop and Rocksteady. Shredder tells him that Krang has something new to show them. Krang has recently invited uh, has recently invented the power vacuum. It will suck the power from Earth to the Technodrome. The only problem is that its range isn't long enough to reach. So Shredder will need to set up some signal amplifiers at three power plants for Krang to suck from. He goes and leaves to do it. Back on Earth, a school bus is in an accident and is hanging off the edge of a bridge. Gadget Man is driving by and sees it and goes to help. And meanwhile, during that, the Turtles are on their way to stop Shredder after receiving word that he has been sighted at a power plant. But on their way, they stumble upon Gadget Man trying and failing to save the children. He is now hanging from the bus, and he's going to just die with them. The Turtles use the van to save the kids and Gadget Man using, like, a their cable guns and anyway they make it more complicated than it has to be but we'll get to that later uh the gadget man is now upset with them and looks like a fool now 
Krang sees the incident on TV and decides to use him to distract the turtles while Shredder finishes the mission. Shredder goes to Gadget Man's house and pretends to be an agent for superheroes. He sets a publicity stunt for him by having Bebop and Rocksteady do a bank robbery and then tells Gadget Man to go stop them. Well, let's Gadget Man stop them. The turtles see the robbery, go to stop it, but Gadget Man already has Bebop and Rocksteady and they are getting sent off to prison. They realize Gadget Man couldn't have stopped Bebop and Rocksteady because he's too out of shape. And so this must be a distraction. They go to the power plant to stop Shredder and Gadget Man notices them. So he follows them to see what crime they must be stopping. The turtles are about to fight Shredder when Gadget Man comes swinging in and clumsily, accident, uh, clumsily and accidentally falls on the turtles. Shredder has them captured and ties all the turtles up to a generator, which he is set rigged to overload. April arrives to catch the action and helps the turtles by unplugging the generator. But don't think about it too hard. That's what anchovies are for. The turtles figure out where Shredder will be striking next, and they go to stop him. Gadget Man realizes he's been duped when he uh, sees that on the news they've spotted him with Shredder, and they say Shredder's a villain. And he realizes that, oh, Shredder's a villain. So he now goes to help the turtles. It's a good thing, too, because the turtles have been captured yet again. Gadget Man sets them free, and they stop Shredder and Krang from charging the Technodrome. Shredder escapes. The city rewards Gadget Man, and he announces his official retirement. He's done being a superhero. After talking with the Turtles, though, they do tell him they would like his assistance with creating new gadgets, and he agrees to help them out with that. The end. Riveting. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was something. You know, it was really something. No it was. It was definitely something. <laughs> well... Let's let's revisit these episodes in the uh, second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. <sighs> a week off, and you've already forgotten when the news uh, is. I forgot all of our segments. <laughs> okay, so name that tune. Um, so Howie Hardy uh, is a weird character. <laughs> is he supposed and to be a reference to something? So... Okay, so it's really weird. Turtlepedia lists on the episode pages, lists his voice actors, Pat Fraley, who plays Krang. Mm -hmm. But then when you go to Howie Hardy's character page, it lists Rob Paulson as his character voice and not Pat Fraley. Hmm. Listening to it, I think it's Pat Fraley with Rob Paulson doing the singing maybe. That's interesting. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure because it's like, it doesn't it doesn't sound like Rob Paulson doing his Woody Allen impression, which it, the character Howie Hardy looks like, you know, looks like Woody Allen, like a young Woody Allen. If you know who he is, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it, but he's not like playing like a Woody Allen character, like a character that Woody Allen would have played. He's just playing Woody Allen living in the Ninja Turtle world. Like, and he just happens to be a musical, you know, savant. Which really, he is. He is every, every muse, every song that Woody comes up with, or Woody, Howdy, Howie comes up with is just a banger. <laughs> a banger. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, like, why can't I be a ter- teenager with a shell? Come on now. That is, that slaps. And it did sound like Rob Paulson to me, at least the singing. That, now that you've As I, say, I think the singing is Rob, but yeah. the actual voice is Pat Fraley. I could be wrong, but wouldn't and it wouldn't be the first time. So, have you all seen the uh, the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe movie? Not in uh, ever. Mm-mm. Oh, this is. <laughs> I mean, this is basically the same plot as that movie. It's like magical instrument that does crazy things comes to Earth. Uh, the characters accidentally buy it in a pawn shop, like almost step by step. It's the same movie. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, I mean, the similarities in there, but you know, oh, there's not a lot of plot to that movie anyway. So <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I saw that a live action He Man existed and I became interested, you know, just to see, uh, oh man, you know, what that train wreck would, you know, it turned out, but uh, I never watched it. You know how there's like Beast Man and Merman and like, uh, I don't know, there's the bird guy and like it's really cool and it's all set in Eternia and there's like cool ships and like Castle Grayskull and stuff. Yeah. Yep. None yeah. of that. None of that. <laughs> I know that much. It's yeah, all it on Earth. It's all yeah. Courtney Cox. It's terrible. <laughs> it's well, a that, terrible movie. It's like one of those tropes of like cartoon movies though. Like, like they will <laughs> just bring them to Earth as a character because it's just like, oh, people won't be able to relate to this if it's mm-hmm. not set on earth and has children like the children won't have anything to relate to and it's like no go ahead and go bonkers like that's that's what they liked the story for in the first place i mean some of it is probably also because of practical well because of like you know special effects making it easier well, i mean it stuff. just it just is that it just does that 80s thing where like you know let's take the fantastical property and then set it in boring new york yeah you know it turns yeah, that's what it turns, yeah <laughs> Yeah, it turned uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe into an Isekai movie. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I mean, you can even take that with like, I mean, like, granted, the new Sonic movies, I've heard nothing but good about them. So, it's, you know, it's whatever. But wait, still, wait, whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've you heard nothing but good about them. You haven't seen it yet, though? No. Oh, man, you're missing Spencer. out. Spencer. I didn't cyberbully everyone Buddy. on the internet over it, so I didn't need to feel, I didn't feel obligated to go see it. I'm going to cyberbully you to watch it. Jeez Louise, man. Oh, I love this interaction we're having right now. Uh, it's fantastic. No, I love that. Uh, I was more emotional during Sonic the Hedgehog mm. than I was for all of Avengers Endgame. Mm. Wow. It's a good movie, yeah. It's, it's the, actually it's, the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID happened. Same. So, yeah. So actually, I'm waiting for two to come out, and that'll be our grand return oh, to uh, next sticky week. floors and We're... recliners that other people farted in. <laughs> I'm stoked. Next next week it comes out. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I mean, weren't those so much simpler times though? Like, remember when like the biggest deal in the whole wide world was the fact that Sonic looked unpalatable, and then the Cats movie. <laughs> like that, mean, that was that was just barely pre-pandemic. Like, remember yeah, when that was like the Cats movie. The Cats movie was Christmas pre-pandemic. The yes. Sonic movie was the last big movie before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there was like, you know, Spider-Man leaving the MCU and everyone was freaking out about that. Yeah. Like, like th- that was like the biggest things going on at the time. I remember. Um, so when everything had shut down uh, out here, we have like we have like one of those big, like, you know, 30 screen multiplexes and it's done up all like, you know, old timey with the big windows and stuff. Uh-huh. Um they had like 
a big graphic across a lot of the windows was the Sonic the Hedgehog one. You know, go come see Sonic the Hedgehog, February, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when everything shut down, they never took that down. And so, like, and it's a big outdoor mall. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a picture floating around um, on the internet back then. And it was just this, like, it looked like a post-apocalyptic thing like time capsule because like the sonic like there's like you know leaves everywhere in the middle of this outdoor mall you know it's just it's empty and then the big sonic the hedgehog poster (laughs) and it just cracked me up like when i saw other people talking about it i was like that's that's my mall man that's funny but anyway anyway go watch sonic the hedgehog it's a great movie Sonic the Hedgehog april 8th yeah, I mean, I've heard it is like, no, you know, definitely nothing against the movie. I just find it funny because it's definitely this trope where it's like we take these cartoon characters and we send them to Earth instead of, you know. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you had said, it's cheaper. Yeah. You know, um, but now that the movie made, you know, a billion dollars and everyone seemed to love the first one, you know, they're the, the studio is more willing to throw money at it and make it more like the games. Are you talking about we're going to maybe get to see sonic running through green hill zone well, to be fair we did see that in the first movie oh okay i wouldn't but, know i haven't seen it <laughs> uh, well yeah see if you had seen the first movie you would have known that uh but i mean just the fact that we're getting knuckles and you know the master emerald and then you know if, if you saw any of the trailers like the giant death egg robot like they're, they're going hard with the references in two already and that's just what they've shown in the trailers yeah dude so it's like yeah let me know when Vector comes in. That, that's when I'll watch all the movies. <laughs> I, you know what? If Vector comes before Shadow, I would just die laughing. I imagine that he would come in like at the same time as Shadow, right? Like I don't well, know. They, maybe, maybe a whole other three characters. They'd have to bring in their whole detective agency. So you know? apparently, yeah. yeah, the chaotics. Yeah. Um, so apparently, they said that the that the movies aren't going to be following the games timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know if you know if you know your sonic lore knuckles didn't come in until sonic 3 and this is the second movie you know so he's coming in with tails essentially okay. um so yeah i mean sure anything could happen to be honest like yes. well aside from the chaotics knuckles is my favorite character so i will have to watch and you have to see it then because idris Idris elba plays knuckles and i saw that that's just fantastic casting yeah Yeah. i tried to go back and like watch sonic x not a good show oh no (laughs) i didn't watch it when it was on the first time i did i ate that show up as a kid i i tried to watch it but it was it was that thing where it was like i was already uh was I out of high school when Sonic X came out? It was it was around the time, like I was out. You know, I was out of school already because I was a senior when 2003 came out. Mm-hmm. And so, like Sonic X comes, and I'm like, hey, I'm a big Sonic fan. Let me try, you know, let me try watching this. And it's just like not good. Yeah, it's you know it it bastardizes a lot of like what made the games fun. And then, like, it adds Chris Thorndike, who is obnoxious, just just, just, you know, obnoxious human teen character who just like happens to look incredibly like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And he's just ultimately boring. And it's like he he does all the stuff that like you could have had like Tails do. 
and then like Sonic lives on his, on like Chris Thorndike's compound because Chris Thorndike is like a multi-billionaire in this universe. Yeah. Well, I always just feel like also I always feel like I, I watched that show and I'm like, wow, Sonic is just a tool. Like, you know, it's just kind of like he's got all these friends and people that love him and he just seems like he wants to spend time not with them. <laughs> like, I mean, and, okay. And that's kind around. of that's kind of Sonic's thing. And like and that's what I love about Sonic is like he's 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 kind of an asshole. And like he, he especially is. especially like vintage Sonic, he's supposed to be that jerk, that jerky character. And I think that's what the movie the movie captures in a way that like it makes him still lovable, but he's still kind of like rude. Uh-huh. Um and like from what I've seen in the trailers, like he he's still definitely kind of doing that to like Tails. Like he's still kind of like uh, okay like you know tails is like excitedly like trying to tell him like do you know why they call me tails he's like because it's the, the extra tail like <laughs> like shutting him down and it's like that's that's sonic to me but i just think yeah. it's funny because like everyone seems to like fanboy over sonic and they like love him like tails like oh yeah like a big sonic simp and like chris is just like wow sonic you're the greatest thing to ever happen to me i love you and he's just like yeah kid gotta go fast and just like yeah. you know takes off running you know <laughs> and it's like that that is that is accurate to sonic like sonic doesn't want to be tied down and you know he wants to you know basically go do his own thing and hang out and it's like even even in the old games like that was the story was that like or not the story because the old games didn't really have a story but like that was the vibe was like sonic was the world superhero and everybody loved him, but like he just didn't care. He was just doing it. He, like he was mostly saving people because he just wanted to m- mess around with Eggman. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I've I've gone down an Amazon hole while while we've been talking about this. For a hundred dollars, I can get all of the Chaotix as plushies. Wow. Seriously considering all the Chaotix, as in like Espio, Vector, Charmy B, and Mighty and Ray, or just oh, wow, I didn't know Mighty, Mighty and Ray. Ray. I don't think I had no Mighty and Ray were in the Chaotix. So actually, Ray's not. Ray the Flying Squirrel is not in the Chaotix, but Mighty was in the Chaotix, but he okay. wasn't in Team Chaotix, which is an entirely different version of the Chaotix. Okay, I can get all of Team Chaotix then, the, the yeah. main three. Yeah. Yeah, if it's Team Chaotix, then it's just SBO, uh, Vector, and Charmy B. Well, yeah, because I guess wasn't Knuckles and Chaotix for yeah, a bit so there too? There was so. that wow. there was that game, Knuckles Chaotix. Yeah. Which uh, Mighty was in, and Mighty was, you know, part of that. Wow, maybe I need to play Knuckles Chaotix. You absolutely do not. It is a garbage game. I bet it is, but I still like to play it anyway. The Chaotix and Knuckles, my favorite characters. I think it's really hard to play too. Like I don't. They've never really re-released. I don't even think it's on like the Sonic Gems collection for like PlayStation Two. I don't believe it is. Um, because it was a 32x game. It wasn't even for the Genesis. Oh wow. So yeah, it's like on, on an odd console, and I don't think it, many copies were made on top of that. Yeah. So it's it's a hard oh. game to kind of get your hands on. Okay. Well, I guess that's never happening then. Yeah. You get the whole internet or you keep it. Yeah. You just, just, just watch it. Just watch a Let's Play. There you go. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Guys, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, good question. Oh, here's, here's my other uh, little Easter egg and name that tune is Triple O Zero is a spoof of 007 what right yeah eye opener so um the joke i made earlier about why can't i be a teenager with a shell um 
it's a reference to a you know 1959 song by Dion and the Belmonts uh why must I be a teenager in love very popular mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. uh and then apparently the f- really awesome fight between Donatello and Shredder was like heavily edited in the UK version of this episode oh that's weird that doesn't surprise me um knowing that they wouldn't even let michelangelo have nunchucks that doesn't surprise me (laughs) i mean yeah the hero turtles over there anyway yeah you guys are a bunch of pansies over there in britain but yeah that was kind of that was kind of it that's that's everything i noticed in this one yeah that's about it for me too yeah speaking of uh editing in in europe there's a part in minnows maestro please where like michelangelo is clearly posed like he's holding nunchucks like he's doing that like uh, holding one in one hand up, kind of draped around the back of your arm and holding it underneath, you know, like ready to strike. Uh-huh. He's standing like that, but he's not holding anything. So he just, <laughs> and I'm like, that's got to be an edit though, right? Yeah. <laughs> they pulled the nunchucks out of his hands. They're like, oh crap. Yeah, can't use those. Like, Mike, put those away, man. We're, we're on in Europe now. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Howie's second appearance, which is only significant because I never thought I'd see him again. And uh, here we are. <laughs> This is how it, this is also how he's final appearance. Thank goodness. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't think he would be coming back either, but it, not even the same writers on, on these shows. Either. I mean, we like, didn't even, I mean, who'd have thought that there would be two musical episodes back to back, too? Yeah. So. Yeah. Probably. Also, I got to say that when the turtles go and like climb up on those ropes to go and like adjust that thing hanging from the ceiling or to like take it down. I just that that's a clear OSHA violation. And uh, you know, I'm really wondering why they let that air. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh this isn't really an anchovy, but it was something that like I really wish they had uh tied together better. Um in the last episode, the musical keyboard comes from it's just it, it's an alien computer that Shredder had found. Uh-huh. And it's like you could have easily tied that into this episode oh yeah because there's an alien because because of the alien um like it could have easily been part of his computer because like this music like you have two musical episodes back to back with the carryover character of howie but you don't like capitalize on that like because this could have been a two-parter and then like howie at the end of the episode could have been like i'm going off to you know with my new friend and like never see him again. We get the spinoff series. Honestly, like this, that, could have, been a back, that could have been a backdoor pilot. That <laughs> definitely could have been a backdoor pilot. But <laughs> it's it just it it bugs me, like but not anchovy level of bug me. Uh, just just kind of a missed opportunity. Also, for everyone at home that uh you know maybe didn't notice this, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh. This episode is a big reference to the Phantom of the Opera. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Just figured it had to be said. You know, put it out there. Oh man. But also, speaking of OSHA, would the turtles be like you know? Would the turtles be protected under OSHA? Like, do they get workers' rights as a uh, as mutant turtles? I don't know. It's, you know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think to... it's. I think it's funny. This goes back to, you know, our evergreen discussion of like, how, how do the 
how does this world treat the turtles uh how in name that tune and this episode like the turtles are like you know they're they're talked about on the news and stuff but then like when the construction workers come into the to the uh floxy like the turtles have to run away yeah yeah is that the same episode where at the end april's like all thanks to our superhero heroes the teenage mutant ninja turtles was that this one i I, it might have been the next one but she mentions them on air in one yeah it's in yeah yeah it's a number 12 it's superhero for a day yeah and And like, like oh man yeah so it's definitely one of those things that they just they just can't keep straight or official. Like I, I just I mean, like at this point, like who cares? Like it's yeah. silly and it's fun. Yeah. Uh speaking of superhero for a day, uh I think it's Raphael says no, Michelangelo says don't have a cow man. Raphael yeah. says it's the wrong Ra- show. Raph wrong show, genius. Yeah. Uh that show is The Simpsons, for those who don't know. But oh. also fun Easter egg, one of Bart's catchphrases is Calabunga. Yeah cute uh another thing that i uh kind of noted while watching this is this is like the second story where we kind of have like old like retired aged superheroes doing superhero stuff you know because we got that issue back in in mirage where they team up with the old justice force and now we have this one where there's and it's not as good, but you know, but still, you have. An old <laughs> it's not, it's not, not as good, so. but yeah. I like how you slipped that in there. That's good, but yeah, we got it. <laughs> but but you know, it's it's a repeating theme. You know, it's it's fun. It's there. Yeah. You think Kevin Eastman, or I'm sorry, Peter Laird pitched that? Like, hey, here's this issue I wrote. Uh, just you know, same thing. Just make this a cartoon. We're working in there, you know, if you can. Yeah. Somehow. I wonder how disappointed Peter was after they did that. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, has mean, he ever written on his blog about this show? I don't think uh, I've ever not seen really. It. Okay. As far as I can tell, when I've ever I've been on there, it seems like it's pretty minimal how much he talks about it. Yeah, he. I think he just actively avoids talking about eighty-seven. Um, Raph says kind of offhandedly. Um, uh, he says, what, after 100 episodes, you expected something different? Yes. And I want to say, no, Raphael, this is only episode 77. You haven't gotten a 100 yet. I thought that too, yeah. Even if you count the, like, with those those European episodes, it's not 100. It's yeah. only like 90. There's so. only 77 broadcast episodes, 79 if you count the Vacation in Europe episodes. Mm. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're so, getting there though. We're working on. <laughs> I think they need to recount and rewrite that episode. <laughs> yeah, it was someone got fired for that mistake. I hope somebody got fired for that <laughs> mistake. Uh, so the character of Gadget Man, um, like how many times have we seen like old retired superheroes like oh, I'm too fat to do this anymore, um. I did think it was interesting though of Shredder to like kind of play with him and like pretend to be his agent. Yeah. I just thought that was I, I thought that was neat. Um like an angle you don't really see a whole lot in those kind of like tropey stories. 
I mean, if he would have like taken off his helmet and like worn a suit or something, you know, it might have just elevated that just a little bit. We'll see, unless he's like, unless he's like, oh, um, you know, it's it's part of the gag. He's dressed up as a superhero too. But like, but 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 then it but then at this point, it's like, why hadn't Gadget Man heard of the Ninja Turtles? I mean, he has, you know, at the very beginning, he has, and like they've also saved the world from Krang and Shredder. Like the whole world yeah. should know publicly, by now. publicly. Does the world times. know about Shredder too? Hasn't Shredder like taken over the airwaves? Yeah, like before? April. Yeah, April yeah. mentions Shredder a lot in oh, in man. her news stories. So maybe he's like getting some like early dementia or something. You know, like yeah, I I don't know how I else guess. to caught that yeah. away. Hmm. Hmm. Oh boy. So. That's enough uh, bacon of those pizzas. It's time to put some anchovies on it. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call it I'm not a fan of bacon on pizza. I no. said baking the pizza. Oh, baking the pizza. Excuse me. Okay. Anchovies. I'm not, anchovies. A, I'm, I'm not a big fan of bacon on pizza either. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's not a topping I hate. Mm-hmm. But it's not a topping I will actively. I, I would rather ham on pizza than bacon. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. Like Canadian bacon. That's the only yeah. time the Canadians got it right with bacon is when they put it on pizza. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, what do Canadians call bacon then? American bacon. You know. No. Okay. Like American yeah. football. You know. Pork okay. belly. Pork belly. Yeah. All right. Name that tune. Uh, uh, like I said, I've always appreciated the music in this show. Uh, I hate it in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, like, when they first have Howie play in the animation of, like, April and Irma, like, dancing, like, bobbing their heads. I'm not I'm not sure how exactly they're supposed to be moving, but moving while he plays his song, like, I looks think they so were, awkward I think they were bad. animated. I think they were animated before the music was made. Uh-huh. So like they're definitely not animated to the music. They're not even, like bopping though, aren't they? Just kind of like ducking. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> or like shrugging. <laughs> yeah, it, it was something really weird. Like their heads like moving like side to side or something to it. Like I, I can't remember. Yeah. I just remember watching it and being like, "This looks so weird." Like <laughs> they're just kind of moving their heads and like nothing else. Like anyway, it was it just wasn't done very well. Mm-hmm. I it just looked awkward <laughs> but what else do you do when you're sitting there and someone's showing up on the piano for you i guess yeah i guess that is a kind of was kind of awkward um also they have how we like play a fun song when they're driving along in the van but they but like they they don't show anything exciting while he's playing the song like it's like <laughs> yeah, and Ferb. Ask you know where he gets to play this fun song, but like normally, like if you're watching like Phineas and Ferb, there'll be like fun, like you know, funny gags going on in the background, or like a big like production, something interesting. It just shows him playing in the van driving, and it's like, dude, you're singing about turtles. Like, can we not show like the turtles like scaling up the walls or doing something, whatever they're doing right now, instead of just him singing in the back of his van? (laughs) 
like in the really, truly, this is like the one time we've had to watch the entire drive from one place to another in the Ninja Turtles show. Usually, there's like cut and it's they're there. You know, this time we had to watch the entire thing. Well, let's guys sing this song. We didn't even we have to do them. that. Remember when they like drove west with the Technodrome? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't even see that whole drive, but we saw this one. <laughs> Uh, well, if they were going to real-time that drive, oh boy. Oh, but, yeah. uh, We'd still be watching that show. Yeah. Which makes me wonder how long this Howie drive was, because if they already music montaged it and it took them that long, like... <laughs> I gotta say, I'm really sad. There's one part where Michelangelo mentions that they should put on a rock concert to, like, amplify the noise that's disarming this bomb or whatever. And I was like, come on, coming out of our shells tour, let's see it. Let's see it in the 87 series. And everybody just ignores him and goes along with the regular <laughs> plan. I was like, man, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. My final thing is like the whole like bomb and keyboard thing like makes zero sense. Like yeah. no sense at all. So he plays the keyboard for the first time and then it plays itself and then it playing itself stops the bomb. Yeah, you got it. And then the bomb, like, so stops for a little while, but then it just starts again for, like, no reason. Correct. And then they play it again, but this time, for some reason, they have to hook it up to a transmission thing in Channel 6 for it to reach. That's right. And have him play, and it, it just makes zero sense. It, like, it, no, I, I don't know what you're confused about. You you laid it out perfectly. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely falls apart at the end, um, but... I, I I really don't have a way to defend it. Um, it just it, it really does kind of fall apart because like it, it starts to break the established rules of the episode too because it's like you don't really need the the transmitter because like it was already beaming to Dimension X like the sound. Mm-hmm. So like getting it to Channel Six was kind of like okay. Yeah, didn't make any sense. Like, at the end of the day, they needed to plug the keyboard into this thing and play it for it to stop this bomb. But, like, everything leading up to there, like, did not follow that at all. Like, it just, it made no sense. I could not, like, compute it in my brain. I'm sitting there like, did I forget something? Like, did I yeah. miss something? Like, no. I think like, what, just... one thing that really kind of bugged me was that the keyboard, like, the motherboard looks too much like an Earth keyboard. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. When they're able like, to hook it up to the to the transmitter, it's like, shouldn't that... Yeah, like you just plugged more, it, they just plugged it in with an AV. They just know. plugged it in with an AV cable. Like, yeah. you know, and and that's the thing is like Donatello opens it up and he's like this is this is some of the most advanced circuitry I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like they just plugged it in with the, with an audio jack cable. Right. So it's like the audio jack audio. cables are like 100 years old at that point. Yeah. When, when they said universal storage bus, they meant universal. <laughs> oh yeah, see. And so like yeah, like I, I that, that's one that's my biggest gripe is that just for such like an alien technology, it's also like okay, it is kind of an anchovy. This episode should have tied in with the alien spaceship in in Menace Maestro, please, because it it it's annoying that Shredder found an alien spaceship with a musical instrument off screen and it doesn't tie into the alien with a musical instrument for a ship that we see in the next episode yeah it's like that should that should have been a Mm no-brainer and i think these episodes like were made back to back probably to kind of address that 
but they just but they don't address each other and so it's like that should have been that alien ship or like I mean, a piece of it piece of it yeah the thing is is like it should have been a no-brainer but that's assuming that you know there was there was brainer going into these episodes you know like <laughs> I, it was so offhandedly mentioned that shredder found that keyboard off of a spaceship that i totally forgot like i wouldn't have put it together because by the time we got to the end of menace maestro i was so at my wits end that i couldn't remember what happened at the beginning See, of like, that too <laughs> i i was so like thrown off by that that i honestly thought that would that was the episode you guys covered last week not the comics like I was like, I genuinely was like, did I miss this episode when I wasn't there last week? Oh no, they did comics. We literally just don't know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, they have like two keyboard problems in a row. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> My last anchovy for name that tune, uh, wrong tune. I say T O O N. Should be T U N E, right? I, yes. I get why they did it because they couldn't call it like name that tune because i think that's a copyrighted name mm-hmm. oh okay um that makes sense i if that's the case i redact that anchovy okay cool take that anchovy off the pizza it right. is now parody it's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah name it's, that tune it's a, tele- is American... it's a television show television show name that tune yeah music game show okay all right fair enough so they're just like, we'll spell it with two O's and then it will be parody. Because this is, this is like this cartoon. Is a cartoon. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Looney Tunes are T U N E. Well, yeah, but there's nothing else called Looney Tunes. So. Right, right. But they're not Looney cartoons. They're Looney T U N E tunes. That goes along with Merry Melodies. Yep. A little history for you there, listener. All right. Yeah. Are we ready for uh, music? Or, sorry, Menace Maestro, please. Yeah. So did anybody else find it annoying that Shredder just put on the costume of the Phantom of the Floxy over his Shredder costume? <laughs> okay, that I was mean, that was in my I love being a turtle. Actually, okay, because but then but then he, he puts on he's like, aha, the perfect costume. He's like, you just have like a fedora on, man. I like, know. <laughs> but then but then what gets me is that like Krang is like, why are you wearing that ridiculous costume? And I was like, please say over your other ridiculous costume. (laughs) Yeah, and then the turtles don't know who he is. It's like the guy wearing knives. Yeah, who that is. And beyond that, like Shredder has to disguise himself to scare the workers away. Like what? No, you can just show up and swing your blades around, and construction workers will run. I know, I am one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I speak from experience. I see right. knives experience. all the time. You want to talk about ocean with razor blades on their arms, swinging around like I'm, <laughs> happens I'm out. more o- happens more often than you think on the job site. Oh man, yeah. If I had a nickel, man, if I had a nickel, <laughs> I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> I gotta say, I hated. I know I've harped on this several episodes in a row, but like within 15 seconds of the start of this episode they're they are driving the van right they're not in their sewer layer they're out and about doing stuff and immediately like let's turn on the tv in the van and watch april on the news again (laughs) and they had been invited to where she's doing the news so like they had no reason to watch the news because they knew why they were going there already stupid man because it's for us dumb kids 
we need to know why they're going to why they're out driving in public and just show her calling turtles and being like hey get over here this place is possibly haunted end of thing right yeah i don't know i don't write cartoons but if i did yeah i think it's just one of those things where it's like such an easy plot device to use and kids don't care that they will just use the heck out of that plot device Mm -hmm. but yeah no it's definitely like especially when i was watching like this last episode there's almost just like this feeling of exhaustion because i feel like i'm just watching the same thing over and over and over again <laughs> it just never ends well that, that's kind of my other anchovy is like of course it's an alien at the end right like this is at least like the 15th species of alien we've seen okay and- see that's where it lost me yeah <laughs> because i was like i'm on board with this being like a supernatural phantom thing mm-hmm and then it like swerves left and is like, oh, the Phantom's actually an alien. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, well, you had a solid plot here with with that, and I think that's what made me more more upset that it didn't connect with the alien musical instrument from the last episode. Yeah, was because it's like if it hadn't swerved left and made the Phantom an alien, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't mind so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, am, like, I, I actively don't like that. I wish he was just like a phantom that haunted the opera house. And like he he explains that he chose that disguise like to get to like hide from humanity or something. It's like what why'd you why not just disguise yourself as a regular person, dude? Yeah, like why why did you choose to hide yourself as somebody who would definitely be noticed? Yeah, for a hundred years. He's for a hundred years on this planet like, you could have just you could have just been what was his name eddie eric eric yeah like you could have just been eric for a right. hundred years but instead you decided to you know feed your ego and yeah and well, why does he been... have to leave earth today like, he's been here <laughs> yeah for that was another thing they always yeah. have to leave earth like right then and there He's been here for 100 years, and he mentions that the reason his ship doesn't work is because Howie's been messing with it. Howie's been messing with it for like the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Unless there's what? something about Howie we don't know yet. Uh, I hope Howie we never should learn. have been the alien. Yeah, right? Man, let's write, let's write an episode of this show. <laughs> Us three. <laughs> like, they spent so much time building up Howie over these two episodes, that he, they like, and for him to kind of like not build to anything is just so annoying i agree i uh i agree and i don't want him back (laughs) no no i want him back but i just i want him more interesting apparently uh in the turtles ghostbusters book um when the turtles first cross over to the ghostbusters new york um the married couple that they like appear in the church like while they're getting married apparently that's supposed to be irma and howie oh wow oh interesting yeah i mean the other thing about this is like there's literally so many episodes of children's cartoons that are a phantom of the opera episode like it's another one of those just like checking the boxes like have we done a phantom of the opera one yet no all right phantom of the opera episode we're going to have someone living in an opera house pretending to be a ghost to scare people off to protect their old opera house for some reason. And like, it, and it's in, I think, almost every kid's cartoon out there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, like that. And that's what's supposed to be tears. Episode. 
you're not wrong because like for me i know i learned about phantom of the opera through cartoons yeah it's the same with like three musketeers like so, it's yeah classic i've never read three musketeers i've never seen a three musketeers movie but i've seen mickey in the three musketeers i was about to say you haven't seen mickey donald and goofy in the three Musketeers. i've seen that one but i haven't I've seen, seen like a traditional three musketeers movie even that one by like what's his name paul paulus anderson like that really cool steampunk looking one that like stars his wife mila jovovich i haven't seen that one even though i really want to Bonus episode of the podcast. We're going to cover a Three Musketeers movie. <laughs> as long as it's that one. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know about the Three Musketeer Pokemon more than I know about the Three Musketeers. There's Three Musketeer Pokemon? Uh, yeah. Yes. That oh. is uh, from Generation 5. It's uh, Verizian. Verizian, Terrakian. Terrakian. Keldeo is. She's the fourth one. Yeah, Keldeo is technically one. the fourth one. That's the D'Artagnan one, I think. Mm, yeah. It's supposed to be. Kobalion and... Uh, Kobalion, Terrakian, and uh, Verizian. There you go. Wow. Uh, Spencer, we did that. I could not name the Three Musketeers. D'Artagnan's the only one I know. Yeah. I've, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Why, does, why do the turtles even need to go to the opera house? Yeah. There's no reason for them to go check it out. Like there's no, there's no readings there. There's no, there's, it's just April wanted them to come check it out. Thank goodness. And that's it. Mr. Odd goes to town exists. Cause otherwise this might be my least favorite episode. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Odd goes to town has a firm grasp on my nightmares though. Anytime I see people even like reference Mr. Og or like put him anywhere, I'm like, really? You had to do that? Like, seriously? Like, we couldn't just forget about it? I, I was legitimately you know scared what? that I'm episode with the I'm, Wax Museum. Next Ugh. time we talk to our buddy Tom Waltz, I'm going to ask him, when's Mr. Og coming to IDW? Oh, geez, please, no. Spoiler yeah. alert, the dragon is Mr. Og. <laughs> <laughs> please, uh, no. He's got it. <laughs> no. Oh... All right, Natsu, should we go into Natsu Kitsune has been working to bring back Mr. Og. <laughs> Guys, we gotta get porcelain. Trick him into eating it. She really oh, must man. be stopped. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so All superhero right. for a day. Yeah, let's do that one. Why at the end of the episode, Michelangelo suggests Gadget Man makes a pizza dough tosser. And all the turtles look at him like he's an idiot. Like, don't you already have a machine that does exactly that? Not only that, you all love pizza. You all were playing, like, you were playing poker with pizza, top, huh. like pizza slices earlier this episode. Don't act like Michelangelo's the weird one here. I'm pretty sure Donatello made a machine that literally just tossed pizza dough. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Donatello's already done that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, gadget man. Oh, man. So... At the very beginning, also, we see, like, Burn throwing darts at a poster of Raphael. Didn't he, like, stop hating the turtles? Like, isn't that, like, an old... I think he goes back and forth. Really that's, Yeah. That's... His girlfriend didn't like him, like, way back in season yeah, two. Yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. But I don't think... Uh, yeah. But he seemed to be, like, over it. And now he suddenly, like, seems like he hates them again. <laughs> well, and for a while, he didn't believe in them. Remember? Like, yeah. It's there been a couple too. episodes where he's like, 
why'd you bring me the stuff about these stupid turtles that don't exist it's like dude they've you've met them yeah <laughs> Uh, like, okay, so Gadget Man, Turtlepedia says that he's possibly inspired by Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. I can 100% confirm that he is not. <laughs> that is just a baseless assumption. Except for Gadget. Yeah. Like, except for Gadget, he, there's nothing about him that makes him Inspector Gadget. Right. Um, like, yeah. And even, even then, like, it, it's it's weird that, like, this is technically the first superhero of this world mm-hmm. because like it's it, it's cool that like ever and like burn and um uh bebop and rocksteady like they've all heard of gadget man like it, but it's just kind of weird like he's such a boring kind of superhero <laughs> yeah yeah uh and another thing for me is that uh you know once again just like continuity just not even being able to be maintained in like a single episode in this series let alone across the whole thing you've got like gadget man like originally parks his car at the base of the bridge but when he gets like all mad you know he gets all chuffed and leaves or you know all mad i don't know if that's how he's chuffed is chuffed mad a good thing or a bad thing chuffed is a bad thing i like that you started saying chuffed because i say chuffed so maybe i think you saw it and i I think i picked it up from i think i I always love just picking up new words wherever i hear them yeah but, uh, you know, he, he gets all upset and, and leaves and he just gets in his van right there on the bridge and just like drives off. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't parked there before. Also, why didn't the turtles just use their hooks as tow cables and just hook it to the back of the truck? Like they had to like wrap it around the top of the bridge down to the front of the bus and then somehow pulling back on them, pulled the bus back instead of just straight up. For leverage. Duh. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we've seen, we've seen the guns shoot straight, right? But when they made the, the turtle van into a hero clicks, which is like a little board game, uh, with, with comic characters, yep. uh-huh. the van has a power that's totally useless, uh, roof guns, and it could only shoot people that were flying, which makes me think that the guns, like they did shoot straight down one time, but they can only go like so far down. So they could only shoot up. So they couldn't like shoot it at the bumper. They had to like shoot it up and get the angle correct. Like those old uh, like MS-DOS games where you had to like hit your buddy with the with the cannonball and stuff, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll take it back. Yeah, they can only shoot up. It was the only way, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. It's also possible they were like, well, we'll just lift the thing up and just dump the kids out of it, you know? <laughs> Save the boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Save taxpayer dollars and parents' money, I guess. I don't know. It's one of those things. Yeah, like, why, do don't, why don't they take the elevator? Like, it's the more dramatic way to do it, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, it was it was totally unnecessary, but... <laughs> You're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Also, they want to get Gadget Man to help them distract the turtles. But, like, the distraction that the turtles go to is Bebop and Rocksteady robbing the bank. Like... Gadget Man had nothing to do with that distraction for the turtles. <laughs> there, yeah. There's no reason for him to go get them, for them yeah. to go get him. So, yeah. Uh, like they could have just had Bebop and Rocksteady rob the bank and the turtles would have gone and stopped the bank robbery and he could have finished his mission. It probably would have taken them more time because they would have had to actually capture Bebop and Rocksteady. And it, it felt weird that like the turtles hadn't heard of Gadget Man. Mm-hmm. It's true, like, yeah. 
think it would have come up at some point. Like you I mean not only not only would he have come up at some point, it's just like actually, yeah, no, it, it's weird that he had come up at some point. Like because everybody seemed to have heard of him. Well, like I get burned because like he's older, but like even Bebop and Rocksteady seem to know about him, and they're yeah. supposed to be younger characters. They're you know, and maybe early twenties. Like, yeah, like I don't think and like we know April's in her like her late twenties. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, so it's fair to say like Bebop and Rocksteady are probably a little older than her. And it's like I kind of feel like she would have heard of Gadget Man, yeah. especially like her being an investigative reporter. And then also like an investigative reporter who was invited over to his apartment. Mm-hmm. Like to interview him, which again is a really stupid thing. I hate it when they when they do that. It's like, you know, this is a retired superhero who put bad guys away, giving away his, you know, his private residence, not even like the like the hero's lair. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, he's basically yeah. exposing himself to danger. Right. And, and it's like also like April's like doing this interview, and it's like, this is pathetic. Like, look at this old man. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, oh, well, it's just a little rusty. I'm sure, you know, it's like he's like making excuses for like why he looks the way he does and stuff like that. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. But what's also really funny is like, this is basically Casey's origin story in Mirage. Like he didn't like what he was seeing on TV and decided to go knock some skulls. <laughs> <laughs> With stuff from around his house. With stuff from around his yeah. house. Yeah, you know, the only difference here is that he builds his stuff instead of, you know. Yeah, the only difference is that Casey is awesome and Gadget Man is Gadget Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's an accurate description. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we should we transition to things we love or do we have more to... One I more see? tiny thing. Yeah, they they played it off with a joke and said One it's a cartoon. One more thing. It's a Jackie Chan Adventures reference. Ah, yes. yes. But, uh, they write, they write it off as a joke and everything and say it's just a cartoon, but still, they really had April unplug a generator. <laughs> you really yes. didn't like that joke. It like it, It's something that's just like felt like it was like written dumb, and so then they just had them like write it in as a joke later to like kind of be like, oh, guys, don't think too much about it. Like, it's it's whatever. Like, it's like the, she unplugged a generator. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what creates energy. It does not pull energy from the wall. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, okay, so Shredder, he's got the turtles dead to rights. He hooks them up to a generator that's about to explode, but they need the generator to make power for the technodrome. Why didn't he just like tape them to a bomb? And then April could have like licked her finger and like put out the wick or something. Like that would have been way more sense. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, or, you know, he could have just used those razor blades on his hands to kill them. But, you know, it is a kid's cartoon, so he can't do Man. that. Man. You know. <laughs> All right. Stuff we liked. Stuff we liked. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I know I'm probably the only one here, but I genuinely liked Name That Tune. You know, there was some actual fighting in this episode that wasn't too bad. Like, the action was there and it was it's more than we've seen in a long time 
So I can I can like, always it was a legitimate yeah. fight scene and it went yeah. on for a while too. Yeah, Don and Shredder fight and he kicks Don against the wall and it, it cracks the wall. Yeah, and stuff. Like, that was cool. There, there was legitimately good stuff in that fight. Yeah. And uh, I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. Um, I thought the animation in this episode was was pretty good, like better than some in the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think this this is one of the strongest looks that they've had, like in in the modern tune style. I'm using mo- modern in air quotes because this episode's from 1990. Yeah, but like, I, I think this is this is one of the better post season one episodes. Yeah. It was a cool scene of them after that fight too, like jumping out the window and like yeah, jumping off street uh, signs and stuff. It was really cool. Like, like there's a lot of good stuff in this episode, and I'm, I'm just genuinely like everybody's on model for the most part. Like this was definitely the episode that I like looked at that and like this is the design they use for those turtle in the skies figures. Oh yeah, like this definitely. this is the most consistent like turtles like look. That's what I'm saying. Like this is the consistent modern tune turtles look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mind Howie. Liked him a lot. Thought his songs were funny. Um, and and yeah, other than like, like I said, like other than this, the musical instrument plot not carrying over to the second episode, I liked Menace Maestro. Please too. Yeah, I mean, my only thing for that is that like I actually like the Howie and Irma relationship. The ship. It's like the most consistent boyfriend Irma's had. And honestly, like, you know, they're, they're actually kind of cute together. They actually look like they belong together. So yeah. I'm kind of like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. Uh, you know, so I was kind of waiting for how we just kind of move to the side and for him to kind of show up as Irma's love interest in the future. But, you know, that's expecting way too much for this television show. So, <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of a bummer that like he, he like I said, he this was his final appearance. And so he's never going to come back as like her boyfriend. But it, it, it's kind of a bummer that he didn't get to transition to that. And it's like, she was clearly like kind of flirting with him and like being dreamy Irma over him. Yeah. And then like, he doesn't react to it, which, okay. Like, yeah, like guys are stupid. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to always pick up on that kind of stuff, but you know, it, it's kind of a bummer that like in his two appearances, like he never like reciprocates Irma's flirting. Yeah. It was nice that the first thing she said about him was not how dreamy he was. You know, like that's yeah. every every guy she meets. That's the first. Oh, thing she says it almost right after. Yeah, but it wasn't the first thing. <clears throat> but it wasn't the first thing. <laughs> Look, Irma and Howie belong together. Darn it's, it! Uh, Just give it yeah. to what, me. Okay, hang on. So, so it's the and I have the transcript of the episode here. Oh, it is actually one of the first things she says about. Yeah, him. It's, uh, it's. She said. Yeah, uh, third thing she when says. It, yeah. When it, no, no, no. When it cuts to him, when it cuts to her, she says, "Isn't Howie just the greatest April?" <laughs> oh, fair enough that's the first thing she says about howie i like there's two parts with splinter and name that tune that i really liked the first is uh the don double, calls the triple o joke yes uh, so i don't know if you guys ever watched the show gotham uh with like the young batman but they'd always end on these cliffhangers it was like you know bruce wayne's trapped and this guy's about to chop his hand off i'm like he's not gonna do it because batman has two hands and splinter does the same thing here he's yeah. like i know he escapes from that plane because he's in the next movie yeah because yeah. he's in the return of triple <laughs> seven yeah yeah and there's another part where don calls splinter to like warn him to get out of the lair because he's assuming i guess that that area is gonna explode and splinter's like 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I won't die because you're confident. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> we never see him again. <laughs> that is some trust. Uh, and then uh, Bebop and Rocksteady when they're just like, it's always the same old thing. See the turtles attack the turtles. See mm-hmm. the turtles attack the turtles. And I'm just like, yes. Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah, just... He said these two episodes were really good. Superhero for a day is definitely the lesser of these three, but it's only because it doesn't have Howie in it. That's that's my that's that's the main issue with that episode. No, I'm just gonna I, let you I say that those the... episodes were really good. I'm just gonna let you say that because we're in we're in I love being a turtle. I know. Thank you. Yeah. Real quick on on Menace Maestro, just before we move on to Superhero for a Day for everything, uh, the energy accumulator like, like is the most ridiculously designed machine I have ever seen in my life. Like it's got like a big like cup on the front of it, and then like what appeared to be like a feather duster and a tennis racket on the sides of it. Oh, it definitely looks <laughs> like a vacuum. Yeah. And it's like every time somebody confuses it for a vacuum, like, and they're like, no, duh. And it's like, no, stupid. That does look like a vacuum. Yeah. And then I, I wrote this down for Superhero for a Day, but it kind of applies to all three and really just the whole series in general. I really like the TMNT's taste in movies. Like, they're always into like really old, like, spy movies and, and oh, yeah. They're like, uh, Saturday, giant like Saturday, Saturday afternoon carton, like, movies, like, yeah, it's There's, it's kind of yeah. a nice like, like world building character development. Not development, I, but I miss trade, Saturday. You know? I miss Saturday movies. Like I was already kind of too like they they didn't have those a lot when I was younger. Uh, like that was already kind of dying out. Mm-hmm. But I like I remember like when I would catch certain ones, and it's like that was the first time I saw like Tremors, mm-hmm. and Tremors is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Spencer, have you ever seen Tremors? I have not. Oh, you should watch Sharpers. It's a great movie. I have not either. What? Keith, I I you would have seen Tremors at least. You'd figure. Uh, You'd one figure. of Kevin Bacon, one of Kevin Bacon's finest movies. <laughs> like, it's. You guys have seen Scream, right? Yes. Okay, so it's kind of like how Scream lampoons slasher movies, mm-hmm. but like you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek while being one. This is a monster movie that kind of lampoons monster movies, but also while being a really good one. Let's check it out sometime. Definitely. It's definitely on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Hmm. Uh, one other thing that I do like about this episode is I just always do like it, even if they are really lame. Uh, it, other superheroes just being in the Turtles world. I like it when the turtles aren't the center of their world and the center of the universe and that there's other bigger giant things going on around them and they're just one tiny group of people in the middle of all of it. You know, we we had talked about it. I think we talked about it like when we were uh, covering a Mirage issue or something. Mm -hmm. And I said I didn't really care for it. Um, Thinking about it more, like I kind of... I, I've come around on it. Like I don't mind other superheroes in the Ninja Turtles universe. Um, I think I just don't like Superman type heroes. Mm. And so, like Gadget Man to me doesn't doesn't really fit that mold. He's like you know wanna be Batman kind of guy. 
Yeah, he's closer to the TMNT in like scale. Yeah, right? like like yeah. he he's he's street level. Like he doesn't he's not shown flying. Like his van is literally like you know a, a <laughs> you know well, he may or may not have a teleporting van. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's you did say it wasn't there earlier. Um, but but that's what I mean. Like he 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 fits this like the their power level set better than like what's his face the what what what's what's the Superman Silver Century Silver Century. I mean, he's more of a he's more of like an icon, I think, because like Peter Laird, the way he says it in an interview when they talk about the character, he's like, I think he'd be, you know, I think he's a really good icon well, for Michelangelo or something like that. Yeah. Is what he says, and I'm like, I see what you did well, there. Did, I see. Okay, did, did he mean icon or which? For people who don't know, icon is kind of is, for lack of a better term. And granted, I also haven't read it either, but he was like the head figure for Milestone Comics, mm-hmm. which was an all-black creator-owned uh, comic book imprint in the mid-90s, and DC owns it now. It's where Static Shock came from. Yes. Yeah, really, it, really good. Uh, Icon, excellent comic book. I yeah, highly I've, recommend I've, I've never read Icon. I've known of Icon for you know years but i've never actually read it yeah they have it on dc universe infinite now like they've been releasing it uh oh good yeah there's like almost like they're almost like i think they're which around DC 30 universe, issues right now i've been reading it every every other uh, week when which they dc universe infinite got a massive upgrade yeah it's got it they've been putting um the four big milestone books on it that's good uh, they I, every other week they release two of two of the titles of them so, uh, like one week they'll release Hardware and Blood Syndicate. The next they'll release Icon and Static, and they just kind of alternate between the two. So I wish yeah. they had done more with those milestone characters because, like, they bought the milestone characters, but anytime they need a black character, they just use Cyborg. He's, yeah, he's in well, everything. that's the thing is they have actually rebooted the milestone imprint, and they've got the oh, first six issues okay. of of them out right now of Hardware, Static, and Icon and Rocket. God, okay. hardware. Um, that was the other one I remember. Yeah, hardware. Hardware's not bad. Like it, it's got some high points and it's got some points where I'm kind of on it. Uh, I mean, I'd rather hardware than Gadget Man. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but anyway, Peter Laird still, when he's talking about Silver Century, says he think he'd be a good icon for Michelangelo, and just the way he says it, I'm kind of like, okay. So I feel like this character is. Inspired by Icon, who is inspired by Superman. So I guess in the end of the day, it's, it's yeah. Superman yeah. type character. I don't know if you watched Young Justice, but Icon acts as the Justice League's like attorney mm-hmm. for a space trial. It's really cool. Yeah, use of that character, but because well, yeah. he, anyway. he's an attorney in in the comic books, like in his alter ego. Awesome. But yeah, he and Rocket are like two of my favorite comic book characters. I love the book; super good. Uh, anyway. Well, We're I think I out. need to pick up uh, DC Universe Unlimited. Yeah, DC, give us money. <laughs> yeah, here I am shilling for him. I guess I as soon as yeah. soon as uh, Ninja Turtles and Batman, all three of them show up on there. Uh, I think the Batman Ninja Turtles comic books are all on there. Well then, well then, I guess I got to sign up. <laughs> but guys, I think that just about does it for these three episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. So. I guess they're definitely some of the better mid episodes, I think. Uh, 
I said some of the better mid episodes. Yeah, we're definitely out of the like, like the, these are the characters definitely, that have been made into toys episodes. <laughs> these are definitely not bad episodes, like yeah. at all. These are these are perfectly serviceable episodes. Um, they're just they're not great, and I think like there's a couple things that could have helped them be better, like connecting the two Howie episodes mm-hmm. together. Um. Which feels like a weird thing to be griping about so much, but <laughs> that really right was, there. That really was my genuine like thing that I was the most annoyed at. Mm-hmm. They could but, have had a legitimate two-parter, like that. They, they could have, yeah, like that could have legitimately know? been a two-parter. But but you know what? All what's also pretty good, um, because I've said it before, like how I watch these episodes and then like I immediately forget what what they're about. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it with these three. And so, like, that's that's my litmus test for, like, you know, that's a pretty decent episode. All right. All right. So, news? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a way to end that review. <laughs> April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. Uh, so, news. Uh, not much in the way of toys this week. Um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Holothon, which is a collaboration with Target and NECA, um, has been going on for a couple of weeks now. So if you've been checking out um, the Holothon website, Target's website, and the NECA socials, you've kind of seen like what's been going out there. Um, and so if you're if you've been toy hunting, uh, some of the cool reveals were the uh, Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady two pack, um, the Mirage uh, Fugitoid figure, both. Uh, the standard version that'll be hitting all comic book shops and you know other specialty stores afterward and um, the signed version which comes with like a little signed card by Kevin Eastman Um, and a couple other things in there Um, so yeah so if you've been hitting up your targets uh, they're still coming out it's like a five week event Uh, we're on week three right now okay uh I've personally only gotten for turtles. Uh, I did find the Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady two pack yesterday. Um, I'm actually playing with them right now as we record, and they are a lot better than I thought they would be. Good. Uh, a couple missed paint marks that I'm kind of coloring while we record here. Uh, but honestly, these are pretty fun figures. But the one I'm genuinely happy about, and I think is probably going to be one of my top toys of 2022, is that Future Toyed. Um, I picked up the normal standard version um, uh, just because I don't need a signed one by Kevin Eastman. Um, and because I didn't want to spend that extra $70 for that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really cool how they did it and it looks exactly like it did in the comic book um it's it's a great figure and i'm I'm genuinely surprised how much i enjoy playing with it and posing him and just kind of having him on my desk um so if you guys haven't done that because you know i know you two are like you know you like mirage Mm -hmm. definitely pick up that fugitoid yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. If I if I stop into a Target and I see it, I just might pick this one up. I I know that like I'm always on the fence when it comes to action figures and I ever buy them, but this one is is one I'm on the like um, 
you know, like I might get put over the edge if I'm happen to be at a target and see it there and I might, I might pick it up. Yeah. So if you're, if you're checking out your local targets, the distribution is kind of all over the place because there's also been the cartoon Toka and Razar um, mm-hmm. that have been hitting stores. I personally, I'm not seeing them at any of my stores and I actually had to go to a target outside of my jurisdiction uh, to find the Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady uh, two-pack because my stores, while are some of the bigger ones in the area, like for some reason, the NECA rep doesn't, has, hasn't stocked those new ones yet. So, and Holothon, like it's been kind of weird because like not every store has a Holothon section like it should. Um, it's supposed to be like an end cap in your toy aisle. Some of them, in fact, one of my targets doesn't do that. They just, they're just putting all of the Holothon exclusive figures in the normal NECA section, which isn't the end of the world, but is a little confusing for people looking specifically for the Holothon stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out. Uh, and then this episode is going to be out afterwards. But if you had gone to WonderCon in Anaheim, California, Kevin Eastman was there. And uh, did I go to WonderCon? Who knows? Maybe I'll talk about it next week. I don't know. <laughs> we'll keep our ears peeled. Like a banana. Big, yeah. Right. Just like, just like peel those, peel those banana ears. Yeah. Uh, the something that we forgot to mention last week that uh, came out this week, the annual and the latest issue of the other latest issue of the ongoing IDW series are out now. So if you haven't picked them up, go pick them up. They're pretty good. Which I uh, did today. Yeah, I liked so both of them. We did talk about it at the beginning of the show. So here is your spoiler warning for one twenty-seven. Yeah, you, wee, wee, if you're wee, still wee, here. Wee, wee, wee. If you're still here, just fast forward like 15, 20 seconds. Wow, just 20 seconds. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, because we, because spoiler alert, she's, she's not really in the issue. <laughs> right, yeah. She was it's, on the it's, last it's, built, it's built up to her, which I kind of expected was going to be like it's built up to her. The next issue, 128, is like that's going to be her real debut. Like this is this is her first appearance, but then like the debut of like her character and what she does um, will be one twenty eight. Yeah. But I haven't read the annual yet, so I don't have an opinion on that yet. It's really good. I, I rather enjoyed it myself. All right, it should have been twenty seconds by now. So welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Hope you didn't hear any of those spoilers. Any other news we got this week? That should be it. Okay, so Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we'll be covering issues six, seven, and eight of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 3, aka Urban Legends, aka The Image Run, all those names. So we're going to keep on covering. What are the names names of those issues, Keith? I think all of them are untitled. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think this whole I run. Wait, I was waiting for you to Sorry. say also known as. <laughs> no, no, I think all the issues in, in the image run are untitled. Gotcha. Also known as issues number six, seven, and eight. All right, perfect. Got it in one. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you again for checking out uh, our little fun show here. Uh, it was good. I missed I missed doing it uh, last week and talking turtles, even though we came back to an 87 episode. Uh, <laughs> it was still fun. And so if you guys thought it was fun, please tell a friend. Tell us somewhere on the Internet at Ninja Turtle PH or our brand new Discord that we talked about a couple weeks ago that I forgot to link because I was still setting it up is fully set up now. So head on over, join our Discord. You can talk to us there um, and all things Turtles. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, but also, yeah, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, tell a friend about the show, leave a review, and genuinely thank you for sticking it out with us all for this long, talking about Ninja Turtles. All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. I wear turtle pajamas. I eat turtle food. I got turtles on my turtles and I'm turtly rude. I'm a turtle dude. I'm a turtle dude. I'm a turtle dude. Do, 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 needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com that's o-l-l-y.com these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease you know, those first... a slow clap. <laughs> those first couple lines like kind of sit, reminded me of like a descendant song, but <laughs> oh man. All right, who wants what, what a good, next what week a good we... musical number? Do I care what you get next week or are we just going down nope. the line? Let's go yeah. down the line. We can just go down the line again, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let me double check. Now you got me second guessing it, but I'm pretty sure the entire image run is untitled. Yeah, it is. I've looked into it. Okay. Actually, most of volume two doesn't have a title either. It's just they were they were titled on the Mirage website for some reason. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Well, hey, I'm gonna get off here. I'm starting my new job tomorrow. Yay! Oh, hey, nice. Dudes. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Still on my computer, but uh, they said I could just do it on my own computer. I'm like, oh, fantastic. Because I haven't been getting paid. All right. Take care, y'all. Have a good night. Night, guys. Night. Oh, boy. These episodes. I know. I tell you what. (laughs) They weren't bad. Yeah, they were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah. i have seen worse only because mr og goes to town exists yeah mr yeah, og like, still holds the trophy for like worst episode for sure these are but, these are man. definitely not 
the worst episodes. Like, name that tune is actually pretty good. And exactly then, the plot of the Masters of the Universe movie. Crazy space instrument comes. And then Menace Maestro, please. Like, that wasn't terrible either. I think I sent you guys the, the thumbnail. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I can look at this and mm. know exactly what it is. I forgot to mention, I can also look at this and know I will hate it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife, when I was watching Menace Maestro, said like, this episode makes me want to shoot myself in the face. So, oh that's god, <laughs> that's extreme. Well, we, we have very dark humor here. It sounds like gotcha. I, I toned myself down for the podcast. <laughs> if you're feeling that way, be sure to reach out to someone you love. I, I know that's for the that's for the listeners, not for you, Spencer. Oh, yeah, also oh, for gotcha. you, Spencer. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I, I know <laughs> anyway. I just anyway, I found it funny. It's just that extreme. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Gen Z humor. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's weirdo humor. Maybe, maybe we just have dark humor. I don't know. Who knows? Are you Gen Z? I don't know. I am barely. Oh man. When does Gen Z start? Like I think it is either ninety six or ninety seven. Just technically, okay. like everyone always thinks so. Like there's this whole group of people that like are calling themselves Zillennials, and it's like people that came out like pretty much are my age, and then to like. You know, but there's people that say, like, I just can't relate to people who were born in like 2004. And it's like, well, that's like the end of our generation, guys. Like, yeah, like I know that's what everyone thinks Gen Z is, but Gen Z is really like 90, you know, 96 to nine, like 2004, 2005, kind of anyway. It's like millennials who call themselves Zennials because they want to be part of Gen, Gen X. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, all right. It, it, well, see, I mean, you can kind of like divide them almost into like sub ones of like mm-hmm. the, the, older half and the younger half uh you know i'm definitely a part of the older half of gen z yeah, i like to call myself an elder millennial because it pisses off all my other millennial f- friends yeah <laughs> so I'm yeah i'm a millennial but i know how a vcr works right <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the thing is like i'm you know i'm gen z but like I used a VCR as a kid and mm. I, you know, I remember buying our first DVD player just barely, you know, but I remember when we went and got it, it was at this place called ultimate electronics. And there was a demo of Spider-Man on the PlayStation one. And I was playing it while Love we it. bought our first DVD player. You could like jump on bad guy's shoulders. I figured oh. that out and thought it was really funny. Oh, I know. I, I love that game, man. It's a good yeah. game. Do you ever play the what if mode on that? No, I guess I only played the demo. I never had oh, a PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you played through the game or I, maybe you had to have a code, but that game and maybe the second one too had a what if mode. Uh-huh. And so like just all this wacky stuff would happen. So like Mysterio would have like a goldfish in, in his dome, you know, or uh-huh. like, or like uh, when it zooms through the city, you'd see like Ghost Rider like riding up the side of the building. Like it was all these like just cool Easter eggs. It was the same game, just with like a bunch of extras and Easter eggs and stuff. Oh man, that's awesome! Really cool. Yeah, I miss that. I miss mm-hmm. like cheat codes in video games. Oh yeah, yeah. like it, like cheat codes that do like just fun wacky stuff. You know, like not the God Mode cheat code. Like that's boring. No, I love those too. <laughs> I mean, sure. Because I'm old and I'm stupid and I just <laughs> want to enjoy a game, okay? Yeah, was, there's this whole run of like Dark Souls-esque games. I was reading a whole article that was like every game should have an easy mode for people that just 
only have a couple hours and want to experience absolutely no yeah 100 100 like i get that developers want you to experience the game as they created it and that i get it okay like that's the experience they want but if they also want me to like actually play their game and then finish it they need to not penalize me for you know giving up and switching to easy mode and being an adult like yeah and like yeah like i'm thinking about um i don't know who i was talking to about it but like final fantasy 7 like i'm I'm replaying that and i don't have 70 hours to devote to this anymore so yeah three times speed is exactly what i'm gonna be running oh perfect yeah Mm -hmm. three times speed and instant heals like yeah i'm not (laughs) i'm not even bothering with i like uh breath of the wild and i'm on the reddit for that and people will be like i've been playing this game for 700 hours and i didn't know that you could do that i'm like i don't even know if i've been alive for 700 hours that's, that's absurd <laughs> i'm sort like, of time i do not yeah, and, have that kind of like, time that's why i keep giving up on breath of the wild is because like i'm so tired of like my stuff breaking oh yeah yeah now it gets frustrating i i beat it but i also beat it when I was still living in my mom's basement and just had my job and I still hadn't met my wife yet. Like I still wasn't like, I, I was single at the time, I guess, and I wasn't mm-hmm. dating anyone. It was, it was very easy to just sit down and play a video game for mm-hmm. extended periods of time. Yeah. I feel like I miss that time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny. I've even seen like people complaining. I've seen people complain about it with, with the new Metroid game as well, wanting like, and I think they did actually make an easy mode for people, I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was able to beat it on normal mode and I suck at video games. So for people who need an easy <laughs> mode, that's, you know, whatever. But <laughs> uh, I got through the 2017 MNT game pretty oh, yeah? quickly. It was, it was a fairly short game. I was, I was a, waiting for it to be like 12 hours but it was only like four which was oh. nice because i was done with it you know <laughs> yeah yeah oh man it's too bad to know that that game actually wasn't that good it you know it wasn't bad it just like like i said it was a lot of just like pointing the control stick forward and then jumping and like yeah. hoping that instead of running up the wall i would run along it to the next spot but yeah i guess never getting it worked out for me <laughs> yeah so yeah. i didn't miss out it was Kind of a cool part where like Raph and Leo stumble across Shredder's cloak hanging from like a building. But it's like clearly his cartoon, like it's like purple with the shoulder pads, you know, uh-huh. from the cartoon. And they have a flashback where they fight the Shredder and it's clearly the 2003 Shredder. So I don't know what amalgamated Shredder, Shredder they were fighting, but it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. But speaking of being penalized by a game, I tournament fighters. So you can turn the AI mode down all the way to like zero. So I was like, here we go. I'm just going to see the ending because even at three, I, I can't manage to beat this stupid thing. So mm-hmm. I turn it all the way down to zero and I free splinter. So I get far enough. So you have to free April and you have to free splinter. You also have to beat the rat King as a boss. And then the final boss is Karai. Mm-hmm. But then it tells me that I wasn't playing at a high enough level to fight Karai that I'm going to have to try to get at a higher level. <laughs> so I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That was the thing with games back then. I remember I had an X-Men game that like you could fight through to Apocalypse and then like Magneto would come on the screen and like tell you you were too weak to even continue the game. Yeah. Bump it up to normal instead of easy. So yeah. Yeah. Not great. And I had to bump it up to three and I've been trying to beat it on three, but like yeah. it's, it's just too hard. Like the, the thing is, is like 
the CPUs can instantaneously perform special moves that during the game it requires you holding like back for a certain amount of time before mm. you push forward yep. for it to work. Oh yeah. And so you have to do that, but the CPU can do it instantaneously. So it's almost like every fight is a boss fight because they just get this advantage over you oh, that yeah. you don't get. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of um I'm trying to think of the game that like where it's like you beat it on like normal and it's like if you want to unlock the true ending play it on hard and it's oh, there's like, so many of those i know i just i hate that shit yeah yeah i was kind of actually appreciative of the new metroid for uh just having an ending and then like if you beat it in a certain amount of, like if you beat it in the fast enough time you just like unlock concept art or like you know it's kind of like a little piece of art and it's like, okay, cool. There's a cool like reward that you can get, but also at the same time, this isn't important for me to, to know the ending of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could beat that Turtles game and every level I beat was like, okay, now you can do the challenge map. I was like, well, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, yeah, like certain games, it's like, okay, like you, you beat it in story mode, now beat it for real. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. I do not. It was only one ending as far as I know. So I'm done with that game. Yeah, no, it's like when I tried playing, well, it's like playing Mutants in Manhattan, how like, I don't even know how you're supposed to necessarily get it or un unlock it, but you'll be fighting a boss character and like a second boss character will come and you can fight them both at the same time. And I could never manage to beat it on my own. Uh, <laughs> when I had I think, to, you know. I think when, it's partially random too. I think you have to like, it to be on a certain difficulty and not lose a character. And then also it's random or something. Cause like, the super shredder fight i think is like that too like oh, there's a super playing at least, yeah it'd be playing like at least on normal and like only have one or two deaths up until then and then, then there's like a 50 50 shot you'll fight super shredder so it's really annoying yeah well especially because you have to then like go through and like beat the whole thing again if you want to try and see what happens and you beat both those bosses or beat the yeah. super shredder boss like i have no idea what happens i didn't even know there was a super shredder boss yeah that's why you relative this short game yeah this is why YouTube exists. Just go watch it on YouTube. Fair enough. I don't know. There's a stubborn part of me that's like, don't do that. That's cheating. My brain. I remember I played Arkham City, the second Arkham game. Uh -huh. And I, I was nearing the end of it. And I watched the like final cut scene, but I hadn't gotten all the Riddler trophies or anything. Yeah. I'd done that in the first game. And I was like, I'm not doing all this crap. I just went to YouTube and watched all of it. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really worth uh, another 50 hours of gameplay, you know? Yeah. That's the thing is like, I played the first one and I actually did get all the Riddler trophies and everything and beat it. And then the second, the second one, City, yeah, Arkham City. And that one I had, I never even finished, but I also never, uh, I just totally gave up on the Riddler trophies. I was like, this is this little thing is yeah. huge. I, no yeah. way. Riddler trophies, like collectibles like that, like um Jack the Jack and Daxter games. Yes. Where you have to find like all of the um precursor orbs. Mm. I'm like, I'm never doing this. <laughs> I don't even care if you give me a freaking where to guide. Like, I'm never doing it. Yeah. No, I mean, there's some, I don't know, there's just some games where, like, they just create such a grind for you to unlock new stuff, and it's, like, yeah. it's it's not worth it, you know? Like, uh, like I, I love Injustice 2, probably, like, my favorite fighting game, but, yeah. to un like, the gear system, I freaking hate it, because, like, one, stats are tied to all your gear, mm -hmm. and if the gear you have sucks, 
well, the year you have is really good, but you don't like the way it looks. You're, you're kind of stuck with it. Like there is a way you can like regenerate it the way it looks and everything, but it's like expensive. I think you have to spend like your source crystals and it's like, well, I got to keep saving these up if I want to get the alternate skins for characters. So I'm not going to spend it on regenerating this gear, but also at the same time, my green lantern mask looks stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's like, um, yeah. Cause like, I, I think, I haven't really platinumed that many games on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So, and it's mostly because like I'll play through a game once and I may re- replay the game if it's a game I like. Did we just lose Mike? I think we did. Man. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess on the plus side, like we always get off on these tangents and then something like this happens and we when he comes back we're like all right we should probably record otherwise yeah, we'd be sitting he's... here for like six hours and be like oh hey we have to talk about the, the shows the we watched stuff. you know yeah yeah hmm. it's all right we, we just got to get that you know early 15 minutes thing out of the way and we can yeah. usually use that as our, our bonus content and whatnot all right but yeah video games and sometimes the ridiculous crap they make you do for uh oh yeah i especially hate like yeah when gear systems and whatnot are tied to how long you've played oh man well because that's the yeah. other issue so i guess thing with injustice is first off like you have to play like a whole ton just to like get like the legendary gear first off to unlock but also at the same time with the gear system you can it's it's all random mm-hmm. so it's all based on uh it the uh loot crate system which i hate mm. i hate loot yeah. systems yeah so much and then on top of all that, <laughs> you can also like fill up your gear thing and then you have to go through and like delete all of them. So like, I feel like you spend like more time playing that game, just going through all of the gear you've unlocked and, and checking it all out, comparing it, seeing if the stats are as good as what you've currently got. If not, throw it away, sell it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it just, it's so time, time, uh, Consuming. time consuming yeah and it's like i just want to punch people i don't play a fighting game to sit and like try and get yeah. the best stats for my character but i have to if i want to keep playing in the multiverse and and do better anyway, and unlock better stuff yeah i've been going through something similar i bought marvel ultimate alliance 3 because i really mm. like that series and and i've played through it a couple times now it's pretty good and it's also just kind of a mindless game they like to play, you know? Yeah. But uh, you get these these crystals, they're called ISO 8, and that's how you, like, upgrade your characters. And each character has, like, four or five slots that you can put a crystal into. Yeah. But you can only carry, like, a thousand crystals, and they drop, like, hotcakes. And then some of the crystals are, like, drop even more crystals. I'm like, well, I'm not going to use those, because each time uh, I fill up, I have to go through and spend, like, like 20 minutes emptying out my inventory, because you can only delete eight at a time. Or something yeah. so it's like it's a pain i can I not just set it to like auto delete every they, they come in like different levels right it's so like a b c d can mm-hmm. i not just delete all the like lower levels automatically that would be great that would save yeah. so much time but apparently not yeah it's so time consuming and it i don't know yeah. like you said like well, there's play, a whole like, yeah, there's a whole like game. upgrade system but like you might as well just wait for the double a one to drop and not even worry about the upgrade system at all that's just a that's just a waste of time yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's like, like I said, but like, like with the fighting games thing, it's like, I want to fight. I don't want to play an RPG, you know, like yeah. I <laughs> wouldn't play an RPG. I buy an RPG. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I kind of get where they were coming from, but like Mortal Kombat 11 definitely fixed the system mm-hmm. by first off, like you can just unlock gear. And so you can make your character look aesthetically however you want them to. That's and you, it's not also not a loot crate system. But on top of that, you can then unlock, and that's kind of more of a loot crate thing, the stats thing that you then just equip to your gear that you've got on your guy. Uh, also, so you get the visual, and then you add the stat later. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So anyway, you can pick whatever aesthetic you want very easily. It's not randomized. It's not like, you know, luck of the draw. You can just get exactly how you want your character to look. And then after that, you can modify to your play style or you can mostly ignore it, honestly. And so like, I, I like being able to do that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I really like Mortal Kombat 11. That, no, that one is also really good. If it was, I actually, I guess I technically like the way it plays more than I like the way Injustice 2 plays. However, Injustice 2 has more characters that I actually like. Right. <laughs> Hard to beat Ninja Turtles and Hellboy, right? Yeah. Ninja <laughs> Turtles, Hellboy, Green Lantern, Blue yeah. Beetle, uh, Black Canary. It's like, I love these characters. How can mm-hmm. I? I think I did see, and I don't know if it's like their ultimate gear for the Turtles or something, but like, it could have each had their own set of gear that was like their maybe their best gear like leo's was like a ninja costume and yeah it was obviously some tech thing but then i forget what mike had but ras was like he it was like a suit of like the venom that bane uses or something huh. it looked really cool i don't know if i've seen his but the, like with all of them it's like uh as far as i know the only legendary gear you can get for each of them i mean i've never completed anyone's thing in a legendary unit multiverse so that's that's where you get legendary gear so I've never completed anyone's because it's so time consuming. I've been slowly trying to get Michelangelo's done. So I'm working on that, but I still haven't even unlocked the first event for it. No. I still need to like complete like another 60 or more events with him to actually <laughs> unlock it along with uh, kill so many villains in the multiverse. And in the multiverse, villains are it's just random like whether you get a villain or a hero so like you can't like pick one where you're specifically going to be fighting a whole ton of villains anyway it's it's obnoxious because it's just very very time consuming Mm. and it's like i just want to unlock this thing already and i feel like i've already put in and that's not even to unlock that's not even to actually get the legendary gear for starters yes you have to beat (laughs) that event and then complete a whole nother list of accomplishments for the next event and then you have to beat that event and complete a whole bunch of list of accomplishments for the next one. And then you can finally get the legendary piece of gear. Like it's, it's insane. Boy. So yeah, you have to put a lot of time into it to, to get it. Mike, welcome back. Thank you. How are you? Not sure. Uh, not sure what happened there, but. But hopefully that was the last time. Usually that is right. Yeah. We should be we should be good for the rest of the night. Like a friend of mine was trying to help me fix it last night, uh-huh. and we downloaded a bunch of updates, but um, apparently it didn't work. Hmm. Too bad. Hope we get it figured out soon. Yeah, it would be nice to get that eventually fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm ready if you guys are. Yeah, ready to go.
Ready to go. <clears throat> <clears throat>